so blessed to be back here today. Uh, I love y'all, your family to me. Uh, but God's got a word. And uh, I think some of us need to hear it. And I, I love to see, I, I, I was so excited to see almost half a Trini up there. Trina, she was at leading announcements and stuff. You know, the rest of her, I don't know where she put it. But it ain't here no more, no more, no more. <laughs> but you know, I was, I was honored when I come in to see different people doing different things. Because what it means, it means you're vested. You see, when you, start, when you start putting yourself into the position of being out of your comfort zone, and you start doing things for the Lord, that opens up your heart and your mind to receive things. Because you know what? You're no, you, when you, how many of you know when you get outside your comfort zone, you have to lean heavily on Him? You understand? If you've never been there, we're going to find something for you to do next Sunday, okay? So I just want you to understand. When you get outside of your comfort zone, what it has, it has you leaning solely on Christ because you know it's not you anymore. You can't do it. And then what happens is, is when you start, all of a sudden you start hearing his voice because you're really serious about, please God, don't let me look like a dummy up here. I say that every time I drive in the parking lot. Lord, whatever you do, don't let them see how much of a hillbilly I really am. But I'm going to tell you a secret. I've hit walls before. Anybody in here ever hit an invisible barrier or a wall? Where you just don't see how, what? You know, we had that. We had that with my brother Alan. It was just this crushing wall that it was like, this is insurmountable. And then I realized something. When you run into that stuff, that's when you have to start leaning solely on Christ. Sometimes the walls are not there to dent your forehead. Sometimes walls are there to slow you down and remember you're not all you think you are. Some of us walk around like we're all that in a bag of chips. You know what I'm saying? And I said chips because I really like chips and I can't eat chips. But I'm just telling you, the thing of it is, is, is when we hit the wall, what we find out is we're cumbered. I want you to hear this word, cumbered. Now, you're going to really think I fell off and hit my head. I didn't. I hit my hip and my elbow and stuff, but not my head. Cumbered is out of the King James Version. I know you're like, I didn't know he preached out of the King James. I have 13 different translations, and when I'm studying, I have them all on my desk. And I loved the way the King James Version, it says cumbered. And I was like, what? That's not a word I growed up on. You know what I mean? So I was looking up cumbered. Weary and worn. Cumbered means you're covered up. You're immersed in. You're buried by. Do you understand that when you're weary and worn, when you are so cumbered, you become weary and you become worn. And what happens is, do you know fatigue makes the best soldiers for the Lord a coward? I want you to hear me. If you wore it out, if you just tuckered, you know what I mean? Done. Buried up. Can't see the light because the barrel's too deep, Right? I, I'm, I'm the only one who's been there, evidently. Y'all are just going, no, I'm telling you, I've been there where the burden was so heavy, you just are worn. 
And what it is, is see, we're supposed to be the soldiers of the Lord. We're supposed to be fighting a battle for the kingdom. And what happens is we start running in fear. You don't believe that? How many of you wore a face diaper for a year? Me neither. I did for six weeks until I got convicted. But I want you to understand something. You see, we get scared. When we start feeling wore out, like it's burying me, burying me, it's bombarding me, bombarding me, and all of a sudden it's like, maybe they're right. What, I'm the only one that felt that way too? I just, I'm preaching to me. Y'all just sit down and hear me then. Because you see, we face battles. You've got to understand, we face battles in this life from within and without. Well, you don't think that's the truth? I've watched, you know how many churches I've watched blowed up from inside? From inside, where you let your walls down and someone come in, and, and, and it reminds me of chickens. Anybody in here ever have, I know you got chickens, right? Because you bring me eggs every once in a while. I was like, oh, and the thing of it is, he got chickens, right? And I love chickens, but you know what's funny? If chicken sees a sick chicken, you know what they do? They all peg it to death to preserve the flock. Do you understand that? That's what they do. And it's one of the things where I come in here, and it's like sometimes that's what you all do when you come to church. You look for the sick. This is supposed to be a place where the sick come to be healed, not to be pecked on. That wasn't even part of my stuff. That's good stuff. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) But we face battles within. But then, then when the battle goes on so long, do you understand we get tired? You, you know, in Hebrews twelve twelve it says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Do you understand when your brother falls down and can no longer stand up, when Alan's sitting there battling cancer and can't see the light at the end of the tunnel because everybody's telling him he's got months, not years. When this is happening, do you understand it's my responsibility, it's your responsibility, it's our responsibility to grab his arms and place them back up in the heart to, to praise the Lord for the answer that is coming. Because when you're tired and you're weak and you're beat, you need your spiritual family. You see... To be cumbered, says the, the definition says troubled, harassed, to clutter up. How many of you know the things of this world can just mess your head up? How many of you understand sometimes we put priorities on stuff that ain't nothing but exactly that stuff? Do you know, it says in Luke 10 and 40, it says, but Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? And bid her therefore that she helps me. Do you understand? She was so worried about impressing the Lord, she forgot he was the Lord. Sometimes we're so worried about what we dress and how our hair looks and how... No, right. I'm not, that was just too easy. <laughs> We're just going to pass that one up. But you understand what I'm saying? You sit there and we think of, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to be here. I got to do that. I got to say this to this person. I got to say that. We forget we're coming into the presence of the Lord. We're not focusing on what's important. We're focusing on what we think is important, not what he thinks. And you see, what I love was the desire is good. Do you understand that a desire to serve is great, but we can get way too busy. 
Do you know how many people have fallen away from the Lord because they get so busy doing the things of the Lord, they forget their relationship with the Lord? It happens all the time. The issue is we've got to slow our row. Y'all are so busy. Do you know it's funny? I left my cell phone purposely in the car because I was preaching the other day and it talked back to me in my sermon and that was not funny. <laughs> it said, I, I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you said. And I said, I wasn't talking to you. He said, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to do my job. And I'm like, shut up. And he just, that was rude. And I'm like, I didn't know Siri could do that. I had to turn it off on my iPad, my iPad talking back to him. And I'm like, man, you think you're my wife. She ain't here this morning. You're talking at me when I'm trying to talk, finishing my sentences and stuff. It's like, stop it. But we get too busy. Every one of you got a cell phone because you're too busy. You got to be able to call while you're driving. You got to be able to call while you're on the toilet. You got to be able to call while you're doing everything in life because it's so important you can't wait. How many of you remember? I, I, I remember this because I'm almost as old as Gary. I remember when there wasn't cell phones. I know. We were, we were the same differently in a different life sometime. But here's the thing. I remember when there wasn't cell phones. I remember when we had a pager. Anybody remember a pager? Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, everybody grabbed their hip like they're going for a gun. You know what I'm saying? That was the thing, it's like, doo, 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 and everyone's like, that's not my ring. You know what I'm saying? But everybody had the same beep, 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 beep. When you grab that, I have to go make a call. Because I was important, you know what I mean? I used to text myself. Just where I felt important. But I want you to understand, I remember before we had pagers. I lived where I had a party line. You ain't never got in trouble like I got in trouble. If you ain't never been... <laughs> because them old ladies would just sit there waiting for you to talk to your girlfriend and then call your mama later. <laughs> you know what your sons are doing Friday? Yeah, I never could figure out until I figured out the party line aspect how they were showing up where I was going to go. That, that's, yeah, that's it, Snapchat. But I want you to understand something. You see, I had a party line where, where there was nothing private. But I had a construction business where we, we had fax machines. You know, yeah, well, you ain't never caught one on accident. Yeah, I had a fax machine. And you know what? I had an answering machine. Hello, this is Jeff Spears Construction. I'm sorry I'm unable to reach the phone right now, but if you'll leave a message, I'll get back to you by the end of the day. I said by the end of the day! No need to leave four messages! That's not the end of my day! I had to wait to park a truck at a payphone! I had an ashtray. I still have an ashtray full of quarters in case I have to use a payphone. Now I have to have a credit card in order to try to drive to find a payphone. Because we're so busy. We don't have time to stop. We don't have time. We think everything that we're doing is more important than the things of God. This is just stuff and things. We are cumbered in the things of this world and we're losing the things of the Lord. You've got to understand something. We're so busy. I got news. It, uh, my, I've changed. I got a sign in front of the toilet in my son's room. Thank you for coming to the Internet Cafe. 
We serve no food, by the way. Because there is no reason in the world I can sit in there and hear. Oh, limiter. Dude, you're supposed to be going to the bathroom. And he goes, Dad, it's for you. I ain't touching that phone. You may have washed your hands, but you had your, nope. Just don't, have, don't hand me your phone. Just don't. Because we're so busy, you can't even go to the restroom without Facebook. I didn't, well, I know it's full of stuff, but I didn't know you had to have that in order to eliminate it. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're so busy. We're having to occupy. You know those children that just walked out of here? How many of them have a, have a video game? How many of them have an iPad? How many of them have all this stuff that they occupy? The, I just went on a trip up to Panguitch Lake. Beautiful. Never been there before. It's absolutely beautiful. It's not hardly no water, but there's a beautiful lake up there. It's kind of a puddle now. But we were up there enjoying. There were ducks and geese and, and frogs and, and trout, big trout. And there was all this stuff up there. And I was just like, my wife and me were just like, it's so beautiful. And, and I look over and I see the kids going, What's the Wi-Fi at the lodge? What's the Wi-Fi code again? I, had a, I lost connection. You, we got to move closer to the lodge. We're fishing. We need to be closer, closer to the fish. And the fish don't need Wi-Fi. That's what I'm saying. We're so busy. We've got to be so occupied. Do you know our children don't even know how to stop and slow down and look at the beauty of creation? We are cumbering ourselves with stuff, with things, and we're not about God's business. And what we do is we, when we go about God's business, we go about what we think God wants instead of what He says. He says, slow your roll. Spend time with me. Mary understood what was in her presence. It was the Lord of Lords. You see, it was Martha's fault that she allowed her work to distract her. Mary said, I don't care. Do you understand Scripture says that he, he will provide? Why are you all worried about making sure? You know what? Gary come to my house and he says, I'm hungry. I'm going to say there's a fridge, Hoss. He's family. But he knows I love him. So why would I have to impress him and put out my fine china? I got, I, I got so much money in china. It's been on the table twice in 40 years. Why? She was trying to impress somebody, make it special. And she fussed. And she fussed. And my wife, she's a perfectionist. And she fussed. And she fussed. And she fussed. And I, and I thought, you know what's funny? You could have put out the chinette. We'd have ate the same food. And I wouldn't have to be doing dishes for 45 minutes and stacking them back in their little velvet cases. I could have opened up that little silver can at the end and let's sit down and talk. <laughs> Wait, isn't that why you invite people over? You want them to come over and start your restaurant. No, you invite them over to have communication, to talk, to be with each other. And we forget that. I got, I got some, uh, one of my teenagers, Bridget O'Shaughnessy, now it's Bridget Walson. She was one of my uh, youth <laughs> 16 years ago. Her and her husband and her two daughters are coming to my house today. 
And when we got home from the lake, my wife was dusting and vacuuming and mopping and cleaning sheets and putting new pillowcases on. And I said, what are you doing that for? Bridget and Dylan are coming. And they slobber <laughs> when they sleep. When they sleep, they're going to... You just washed it. You're going to have to wash it again. What a waste of time. Just tell them it was clean once. You worried all, you're going to tuck her yourself out, and she did. She tuckered herself. She's plumb sick. And I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't do a cotton-picking thing because I'm going to enjoy time with my family. You can sit in the bedroom sick because you all wore yourself out. That's how we do things in life. We're putting the emphasis on the wrong thing. We prayed over those children that are back there and some that are still in here because they're old enough to to hear the Word of God. Here's the deal. I want you to understand, those children will be bombarded from the world. They're trying to wreck and ruin their mind. And if you don't start doing the things of the Lord and start praying and believing and, and covering them daily in prayer, that the Holy Spirit would cover their heart and their mind as they go into this world, you're going to lose them. And you're going to go, I, but they had good clothes and they looked so cute and their hair was done so good. And they're going to hail because your emphasis is on the wrong thing. You better start talking to their hearts. Let them hear Jesus' words. Let them feel him. Let him, them, help them build a relationship. Do you know how hard it is to help somebody build a relationship? Not. It's not hard. It's not hard. It just takes time. And you know what you ain't got? Time. You don't believe me? Half of you had to reach in your pocket just to see what time it was. What? I'm not lying. I asked somebody when we were, we were at the store that day, what time is it? And they all pulled out their phone. What happened to that? And now the stupid thing is, is they bought me this thing. It's a phone. (laughs) I'm like, I can't get away from it. But you know what's funny is my mother, I, I, this, is how, this is how quick response, how we are in control. My mama, I love my mama. My mama is my mama, and I'm telling you, she loves me. I'm her, I'm her first and best, you know what I'm saying? And she will tell you that. And the thing of it is, is here's the deal. My mama called me on Thursday. I was at the lake. I have, no song. I have no phone. And I didn't want the password to Wi-Fi. I wanted to unplug. And me and God have some time in his nature, and I caught all the fish, and it was great, and my mama called me Thursday and left a message, hey, it's just your mama, I just called to check up on my favorite, she didn't say that, but I do, and and she said, because if she listens to this, she's going to go, I did not say that, she said, I just called to check in on you, I love you, call me and let me know how you're doing, son, I want to know how your surgery and all this stuff is going. Then we didn't get these until yesterday. By the way. Then Friday, okay, it's your mama. It's ten thirty on Friday now, and you didn't call me back, and so I'm kind of worried. I'm going to call your wife's phone because maybe you're in surgery and you didn't call me because it was an emergency or something. And I'm that's not funny. Jeffrey Lee, call me. 
And so my wife, she couldn't handle it because Stephen is in, in the process of becoming the, uh, the probation officer for Nye County. And, and so she had to know how his day went. So she went into the lodge and she got the code and she goes, oh my God, you're in trouble. I'm like, no, I'm not. The bait's right there. I know exactly where my bait's out. And about that time, I'm reeling in a fish. And she goes, not that kind of trouble. I said, that fish is the one in trouble. I'm not in trouble. She goes, no, your mama called. I go, oh, God, I'm in trouble. (laughs) She's not happy. And I said, well, what are you going to do? She goes, I can go back up to the lodge, and I can text her that we're with no phone, and you don't have a phone, and that you're okay. So I came back, and yesterday there was another, it's your mama. I got your wife's message. You're still in trouble because you're supposed to tell me stuff like that. You better call me Sunday after church. Amen. And hung up. <laughs> I ain't making that phone call till I'm done with all my Jesus stuff, by the way. Just because. I'm just saying. Just saying. Because you, you, it's hard to preach when you feel beat up. You know what I'm saying? But see, my mama was so needing it right now because we're used to everybody having it in their hip pocket, in their bra pocket, because they don't have pockets. Don't give me your phone. I'm just saying. That's just, hey, I got a phone call. No, you don't. No, you got a phone call. I don't want a phone. I'm just saying. We're just, it's gross, y'all. But we're so tied to that stupid machine. We're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And we're afraid if somebody doesn't pick up on the third ring. Oh, they're dead. They're dead. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I called my daddy. He was at the district office with Presbyterian Children's. And my daddy, my daddy didn't answer. I said, oh, I had to call my mama because I wanted to make sure Jesus didn't come. And I missed it. Because my daddy always answers my phone. Because he knows if I call him, I have to have a, an answer. Because I just don't call him to go, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> it's not our relationship. No. But we're at that point where we're so busy about this life, we're forgetting our eternal life. You know how hard it is sometimes to preach when you look out there and everybody's got a cell phone in your face and you know they're not looking up Scripture. It was funny because I had this big screen at the church and somebody was standing there and they're like, Pastor, I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at your message and I'm looking at Scripture and I said, there's a reflection. I can see your Facebook. And I, and I know y'all don't understand this, but do you know most preachers that bring the Word of God to you don't just walk up in the park and go, I'm going to preach this. Users, time and prayer and fasting and more prayer and more study and more. Is it God praying? God, make sure this ain't me. Make sure this is you. This is it's preparation. To see. So what'd you come here for? You come here cumbered in the things of this life. Or do you come here to sit in the presence of the Lord? This is what we have to come to understand. You see, Hebrews 6, uh, 19 says, Which hope we have as an anchor to the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. Do you understand when you come into the presence of the Lord, you have an anchor to where you don't have to worry about the winds of this world. 
You see, I freak out. I see these babies up here. And I pray every day, Lord, please don't let one of them come home and go, I identify as a pony. Because that's what's being told to them. I am sickened by some of the things that are trying to be passed into law in our nation. That minors can go have abortions without parental knowledge or consent. That they can start having their gender changed without the parents' knowledge. That they can come into the school and have their pronouns changed to what they want to and nobody has to say anything. Guess what? If they strip us as parents... All you are is just a birth machine. They'll raise them to be what they want. But are you so busy trying to make sure they got the right tennis shoes? Are you so busy making sure they get the nicest car? Are you so busy making sure that they go to every sports game? Are you so busy that you will take them out of the house of the Lord to go do other stuff? You know how hard that is? You know, it hurts my heart. Well, we were going to have youth on Wednesday night, but we can't do Wednesday night because the football team has night practice on Wednesday night, and that means none of the football players can come, so we're just not going to have youth. I've watched it happen. Well, we're not going to do this because we don't need to go Sunday morning and Sunday night because one time with God's enough. And I'm busy, and our kids have got to get up on, on Monday morning early. I got news. I've been in church when the Holy Spirit fell and people were being slain and healed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And we not leave until 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. The, the, the music, I've played until my hands were bloody and I could feel them back then because the spirit was just going and we weren't done. I would play for four to five hours. We played until we prayed until we were, couldn't pray no more. So we were so weak. And you know what's funny? We had people that were still speaking in tongues filled with the Holy Spirit. We'd pick them up and take them to the car as they're pray, praising God and still speaking in tongues. Take them and carry them into the house and put them to bed. And wake them up at 5 o'clock to drive to San Francisco start hanging sheetrock. And you know what's funny? Not one of them fell asleep. Because when you're in the things of the Lord, you become refreshed. It's the things of this world that make you weary. But you can make an excuse for anything, can't you? Well, you don't understand. What if my grandkids call? You call them back when you're done. Do you know how, how, who's got a phone? You, anybody got a phone right here? Let me see your phone, Nick. I got this, yes. Oh, press the Lord. Here we go. Oh, this is hanging right here. Do you watch Terrible? You watch? Oh, I'm, te- I, you, notice this, you notice this ain't going to my face. <laughs> it's going to hang right here. Oh, is that supposed to be up here? <laughs> yeah, the, the, if, by the way, just a disclaimer. If you hear thump, 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 that was my heart. <laughs> Here's the deal. <laughs> You know how irritating it is? It's like, oh, Vendette, there's something I, 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 I'm telling you. God has just, just a minute. Yes, yes, no, milk. 
I need milk. So anyway, God was telling me about, hang on just a second. Vitamin D milk. Thank you. And, and God was trying to tell me something. And he said, you know what? You need to tell Vinette. Hi, baby. No, I'll be home in a little bit. I'm having a really deep conversation right now with Vinette. Yeah, when I'm done, I'll call you back. Okay, I love you. So anyway, God was trying to tell me, Vinette, you need to. Hang on a second. Pastor Childers, how are you? <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the God. Amen. You know, anyway, Vinette, what I'm trying to tell you, you know what? That is so crazy, but is it? How many of you have done that exact thing? How many of you have done that thing? Because you know what? This is important. You know what's important? How are you doing today? What's Jesus doing in your heart, man? Are you doing all right this week? Have you had a rough week? Have you had a good week? How can I pray with you? This is more important than anything on that phone. Anything. Except my mama. <laughs> Gary's right. My mama called. Y'all, we stopping right now. <laughs> You're going to hear a conversation. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Sorry. Yes, ma'am. Never again. I promise. Yes, ma'am. I'll call. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You hear a lot of that because <laughs> she's got a chocolate and I'm sure she could probably throw it from California and hit me. <laughs> she's pretty good. This is more important. Building a relationship here is more important to make sure that our souls are on the same page. When one of those babies come out, look what I did. Stop what you're doing. Let them show you what Jesus showed them in in Sunday school. That's more important than what kind of ice cream you're going to get. Slow down and start looking for the good things in the bad. Don't think about, I just don't have any hair. Thank God you don't have to do your hair. You can... (laughs) Just put that out there. (laughs) Ah... That's so good. And it's so easy. You know what I'm saying? It's just right there. Do you understand when things come against you? Don't sit there. I'm not going to tell you and complain and whine about being in a wheelchair. I'm going to tell you what being in a wheelchair has been able to let me do. I get all the good parking. Not only that, if the road's too hard, I don't have to even work. People push me. And not only that, you know what's funny? I never have to go to leg day. (laughs) And you know what else? It gives me plenty of time because it's pretty hard to be too busy when it takes a lot of effort for me to get from here to there. Trina blessed me today. I, I, I fell and took a pretty big hit, and tomorrow I'll be at the emergency room to probably have some stuff fixed, but she saw that I was struggling getting out of my car because y'all are weird and got cameras and stuff everywhere. And so <laughs> freaked out. I'm going to park next door next time. And I was like, <sighs> okay, all right. I was like, good Lord, have mercy. And she came out, do you need help? Yes. 
because I, I, I didn't know that I was going to be able to get my wheelchair out of the back of my car because I'm in that little hot rod thing, you know, and, and the things don't, don't make that, and it's like not cool. No, it won't. And so I have to, like, use my noggin, and then my noggin hurts, and then I'm like, oh. And Jerica, she blessed me. But if she was on her phone turned around the other way instead of doing what God had put her at the front door for, understand sometimes we're too busy to see the things God's putting in front of you. How many times are you looking at your phone when God's seen somebody, had somebody walk in front of you that was, you know, I pray every day, God, have somebody cross my path that I can share you with. Oh, there they were. Where? <laughs> I'm not preaching against Facebook, by the way, if you, just, if you, if you want to know the truth. I, I, I absolutely, my wife still has Facebook. She's not going to hell. I don't have Facebook and social media for a specific purpose. Because you guys put way too much stuff, everybody puts way too much stuff on Facebook. I don't need to know what you had for supper. And I don't need to know what you think about everything that's going on right now. Because I want to like you. And not only that, when I come and God gives me a word and I start preaching that word, I want you to know if it hits you in the face, it was from God and not from me checking out your Facebook. You see, sometimes we are way too into things. I, I, you know what's funny? I, I did this the other day with you. I asked them. I want you all one at a time to come up one at a time and name a beer. Now, this is six-year-old to 18-year-olds, right? They named 42 different kinds of beer. I said, that's amazing. I said, all right, now, all of you come up here one at a time, and I want you to give me a Ten Commandment. <laughs> uh, don't kill. That's one. Uh, don't murder. Same one. Uh, honor your mama. Yep. Honor your mom and dad. Same one. Out of ten, they got three. What's going, what's bombarding our children? What's bombarding you? You know, it's funny is I can go in that back room and ask them, what's John 3, 16? And they'll all say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then if I say, what's John 3, 17? <sighs> no, they just memorizing snippets. Do you understand what I'm saying? Instead of burying the word of God completely, we're giving them bits and pieces and expecting that to get all the way. So what we're going to do, Jason, when you start a new job, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you half of the manual and do it right. No, you need the whole thing to do it correct. Why are we just giving everybody bits and pieces of Jesus and bits and pieces of the Word? Because we're too busy to slow down and get the whole thing. You see, we've got to slow down and start letting Jesus guide us instead of pulling Him along and saying, let me tell you, I'm going to take you where I'm going. No. No. I've tried to do that with a horse. I put the cart in front of it once and said, follow me. That was a wreck, and the horse laughed. Because he's like, hey, dummy, 
I'm supposed to be taking you there. Jesus sometimes is saying the same thing to you. Why are you out in front of me? You think you've got all the answers. And then what happens? How many of you have done this? I get out in front of God, and I get going on, and when it goes, I'm going, God, what are you doing? I was doing this for you. And he goes, no, you were doing that for you. I was back here witnessing to the one that you passed up. How many of us have done that? Because we get so busy about stuff. I got this little analogy. I was up there at the lake, and there was this little conglomeration of rocks, and I was watching this spider. Pretty good-sized spider. Building a web. It was taking that spider forever to build this web. And by the time I left fishing, he wasn't done. And I come back the next day, same spot. And that spider was almost done with the web. And I could think about that spider. And he sat there. And he had to wait. Now he did all the work. And he had to wait for a bug to fly into his web. Now, he waited, and he waited, and he waited. Three days later, I go back up, and he's spinning up this little bee bug. He's going to eat. That's a whole lot of work for a little bitty bug. How many of you in here are so busy and so busy, and you're wearing yourself slick trying to make sure your yard is the perfect yard and your, your hair is the perfect, your hair is good. And how many of you are trying to go through and make sure that when people go, they see your success from the street? And how many of you make sure that your car is super clean and your rims are super shiny and the exhaust is tuned just right? There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. It's just don't get too encumbered in it. But it's when you do all that stuff and then you're wore out and then you're mad. I put up all the Christmas decorations. My house was dusted. It was beautiful. I burnt gingerbread candles. I had everything going on. Only two people from the church stopped by. That wasn't even worth it. Until you found out that one of the people that come by accepted Jesus Christ because of something that was done at your home. You're so busy about the work, we're tired of waiting for the answer. My brother's battling cancer. My wife's, by the way, I told y'all, right? (coughs) We've got two out of the four cancers already confirmed they're gone. We've got two more weeks and we're going to have the other two confirmed that they're gone. And then we're going to have us a hallelujah fest in Overton. Because you all have been praying for my wife. And Jesus is doing what you've asked him to do. But here's the thing I want you to understand. All this stuff, you've got to understand all the work. All the praying, all the fasting, all the everything. Time to sit back and let God do it in his time. Because it's perfect in his time. Amen? So I'm asking you now. Slow your roll. Because when you hit that wall, 
When you hit that wall, because you've been trying to do it all, you know it's hard to hit the wall if you ain't doing it? We went to Mount Rushmore a few weeks ago. And my son and my grandson had to push me because it was hard. And they're pushing me and they're like winded. And I said, what's your problem? (laughs) It's like, what do you mean what's our problem? My legs are on fire. My arms feel like wet noodles. I said, well, push. I can't push. Well, what's your problem? I'm not even winded. You know, if you leave the things of this world in God's hands, you don't get weary. You're not doing the work He is. You get tired when you're trying to do His stuff. I checked it out. It's not the net Jesus, Lord of Nazareth. You understand what I'm saying? Why are you trying to be Him? All you got to be is a vessel. You know what a vessel is? That's a pitcher. A pick, right? That's what you call them, right? Pitcher, right? Not, not a ah, selfie. I'm talking pitcher. A vessel. Something that you put into and then pour out of. I've bought pitchers before. They didn't come full of sweet tea. Somebody had to put the sugar and the sweet tea in there to be poured out. You thinking you all that in a bag of chips. Well, if I don't do this, who's going to? Jesus. You just need to be the vessel that he can pour into to where then you can pour out. That's the deal. Why are you trying to do it for him? Come on, y'all. I got news. We're starting school. You know, I said, you're going to change. You can change this community. You can by being a willing vessel. You personally are not going to change this community. You can be a willing vessel and an example of what Jesus Christ is in your life. And guess what? That's going to begin the change. You can be the change in your job. You can be the change in this church. You don't believe that. Trina gave announcements this morning. That's the fastest announcements I've ever had. She is good. All right, y'all, we're welcome to church. Okay, this is what's going to happen. All right, Pastor? I was like, are you kidding me? I was in (laughs) mid-young. But guess what? You start getting out of your comfort zone. You start leaning more on him, remember? Then all of a sudden, you're becoming that open and willing vessel. Y'all, don't be weary. Don't cumber yourself in the things of this world. Slow your roll and understand that phone call can be answered later. That Facebook post can be answered later. That person that needs Jesus Christ, you may be their last shot. Get your eyes up. You know, it's funny as I seen the Bible where it says, put your head down, walk around, weary and heavy laden. 
Oh, wait, isn't it the opposite, Pam? What does it say? Come to me, all who are, and I will give you rest. Because guess what? In order to be a good soldier, you better be on your game. You better be on your game. That's exactly correct. We've got to get there, y'all. There's this thing called splatting. This is the last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to get you. Splatting is crazy. Splatting is the terminology used in marathon runners. Now, I know you think, why would the cripple know about marathon running? I was a coach, so I had to study stuff. Splatting. Splatting is basically when you are running and you're going along and all of a sudden your legs are a thousand pounds. They feel like you cannot pick them up. You cannot get enough air in your lungs. Your side starts getting a piercing pain. You start getting dizzy. Your mouth gets cotton mouth. It's called splatting, hitting the proverbial wall. Marathon runners, professional marathon runners, what they do, they get to the point that they acknowledge what's going on and they have found the desire and the will within their self to push past. And then once you get past the splat, you go into what is called, um, it's, it's mechanical mode. You, 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 you don't even think. Your legs just automatically start doing what they're supposed to. It's muscle reflex. You're going off of memory. You're not thinking anymore because if you think about it, the pain comes back. You see, some of you spiritually have splatted. You got to the point to where you're so wore out, you're so tired of the, the, the attacks that are coming. I, I'm preaching to me right now. I've been there. Okay, God, my, 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 son, my son's brain ruptured. Okay, we got through that. What, my wife, my wife you, your breast cancer, you're cutting parts of her body. Okay, we got through that. Oh, God, we're, we're, she's got cancer again. Well, okay, we got through that. Oh, God, uh, I, I want to bring sexy back, and my surgery went bad, and then all of a sudden, look, I'm in a wheelchair, and I'm on dialysis, and, 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 oh, and, and we're getting through that, and it's like, huh, yeah, oh, wait a minute. My wife's got cancer. Oh, wait a minute. Do you understand? My brother's got cancer. Do you understand sometimes you just get so beat up, it's like... Splat. You get so weary, you forget to get on your face before God and say, look, I can't change any of this, but you can. And all I need is for you to, you promise me, you will give me rest. You will give me peace. I need your peace. I don't need to know the answer. I need your peace. Do you understand that, that I was war slick? And, and for you city slickers, is, is when you have rough edges and you put it in there and it keeps scumming across it, it'll wear it to where it's smooth. And when all these troubles keep washing over me, it's like my rough edges getting all, I was just war slick. How can I continue? I'm wore out. I had to leave the house at 6.30 this morning to get here. And I was, I, I got into bed. I hooked up to my machine. My machine, I was doing my, my hair, by the way, is on point. Anyway, I did my hair and stuff. Look, <laughs> I know, jealousy. Here's the thing. I did my hair 
Everything, I was still on my machine. It was still pumping junk out of me. I, I put on my deodorant, put on my slacks. I got everything. I was completely dressed, staring at the machine, waiting for it to finish to where, boop, unhooked, and I was in the car coming. And guess what? I was like, <sighs> and And see, my, my, my little hot rod doesn't have a stereo yet. So it's like that's, you know, two and a half hours of trying to, you know, retain my Christianity driving through Las Vegas. And so I decided today I was going to come in a better mood. So I bought this little, uh, uh, what do you call it, like a, a Bluetooth thing, and I put it in the seat, and I was listening to praise music. I was praising all the way through Las Vegas. I got here and didn't realize I was here. Because when you're in the Lord and when you're doing the things for the Lord, you don't become weary. It's refreshing. It's time to be able to be refreshed. And I'm telling you this for this one purpose. If you think it's bad now, you just wait what's coming. The Lord is coming, and then I'm going to be gone. The rest of these people are going to be in a mess. But here's the thing. It's going to get worse before it gets better. All right? You better start getting yourself refreshed in the things of the Lord to where when the attack of Satan comes, you're ready for the fight. Amen. Amen. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Take a breath. Breathe him in. Spend that extra moment. Put down your phone. Spend some time with God and let him restore you. Amen? Father, I love you and I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for these people. God, I thank you for the promise that you will give us rest. God, that you will let us in you reside under your wing to where we can be strengthened. And God, I praise you for the ability to say the victory is yours. And all we got to do is be an open vessel. God, I pray right now that you'll remind us of these things as we go through this week. God, I pray again a special blessing over our students as they start school. God, let them be an influence in this world like nobody's been before. And we're going to give you praise in Jesus' holy name. And together, everybody says, amen. Don't forget, they got ice cream and such over there. Y'all going to get fat.